Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the state of California. Good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the state of California, along with Patty Rising and Brett Burkhart. Less than two weeks before Election Day, we've got a special edition of the state of California with segments airing for the next three afternoons. Doug has assembled a special roundtable of guests to break down the midterm elections and the key issues. Yeah, we gathered at the top of the mark, the historic bar high atop Knob Hill at the Mark Hopkins Hotel for an extended conversation about this election. Our guests are political sociologist Mindy Romero, director of the Center for Inclusive Democracy at the USC Price School of Public Policy, veteran campaign, uh, veteran California Republican campaign consultant Mike Madrid, uh, who was one of the co-founders of the Lincoln Project, and Carla Marinucci, longtime political writer formerly with Politico in the San Francisco Chronicle. We will be airing excerpts from this conversation today, tomorrow, and Friday, and we begin today by diving into the very close race for control of the House of Representatives and how a half dozen or so battleground contests here in California could end up swinging that House one way or the other. So we're talking about the midterms. We're just a couple of weeks out, less than two weeks now. Uh, and, you know, the, the big questions really globally here nationally are which party's going to win the house which party's going to win the senate um let's begin with with mindy what do you think as far as california's role in terms of the half a dozen or so competitive swing battleground house seats in california and how much they're going to play into which party ends up winning the house of representatives yeah, and I think it's an important point when we think about the battle for control of Congress. A lot of people don't think, Calif- think California, but really we've got about 10 or so somewhat competitive seats uh, out of the 84 competitive seats. If you just look at Cook Political Report, we have, as you said, maybe half a dozen that are quite competitive. So the battle for control of Congress goes right through California and specifically the Central Valley and Southern California this time around. Uh, so... Uh, a lot of money pours into our, our election system because of that. We have uh, some really expensive races. Um, Valadeo, for instance, a lot of money that's been spent there on that race. The question is, you know, are, are we going to see more turnout? Uh, what is the representation in those seats in terms of just uh, people's voice or ultimately in this battle for control of Congress? But um, California is, is playing a role, and it always does, yeah. Mike, do you think that this might be one of those elections where by the time the polls close in California, we already know the Republicans have taken the House. It could be that big. Or do you think it's going to be, you know, we're going to be staying up waiting to see how do these seats swing in California because this could be determinative? That's a great question. I mean, it's it's really hard nowadays to kind of discern through all of the data that's out there. There's just a lot of noise, more than there ever has been. There's so much public polling there's so much focus on things like the generic ballot and the presidential approval rating, which I don't think are really good metrics anymore to be using. Um, I think, by and large, we'll have a very good sense uh, before it gets to California who will be in control and how significant the size of the margin will be. Um, because by the time it gets to California, you've already seen what demographics are voting in other parts of the country, 
with earlier reporting than we have here in California. Remember, it takes about a month, right, to get all of our final tallies in to find out which seats are where. Um, and, and there are probably five or six truly competitive seats in California that will be determinative that could go one way or the other. Um, the margin is going to be bigger than five or six for whichever party takes control. So my strong sense is uh, I, I don't think that it will be a, a red or blue wave either way. I think there's going to be a lot of data pointing in a lot of different directions, um, a lot of it very geographically regional. Um, but by and large, we probably will have a good sense of the small majority with whoever is in control. And I want to get into some of the details of what you just said, but Carla Marinucci, are there particular races that you're mostly focused on in California that you're watching most closely, not to put you on the spot, but okay, yeah. that people should sort of look at and say, okay, if that one goes one way or the other, that'll tell me something. I think, I mean, Mindy mentioned David Valadeo, you know, the only Republican uh, here in California who voted for impeachment. Uh, he, he's up against Rudy Salas uh, down in California 22. That's a very big one to watch. Uh, Mike Garcia and Christy Smith, in the 27th, he's considered maybe the most vulnerable Republican in California and one of the most vulnerable in the entire country. What did he win by last time? Uh, 330, 333 votes. Right. And in the new, a new district, the CA 13 newly drawn district, Adam Gray versus John Duarte uh, in the Central Valley, that's a key one. And I think a lot of people are going to be biting their nails over Katie Porter versus Scott Baugh in uh, affluent Orange County. That has tightened up, believe it or not. And I think and she's one of the most popular Democrats here in California and a huge fundraiser. But Scott Baugh, of course, has been uh, you know a, a stalwart down there in Orange County among the Republican Party. Big differences between the two, but you know that, those are just some of the dramas that we're going to be watching. And I think this is going to be, as Mike said, uh, you know, people are going to be finger bite, finger nail biting uh, up until the last minute to figure out where these are going to come down. Because it is true, as Mindy said, California is solidly blue state, but when it comes to control of the Iron Throne, the speakership, <laughs> the Republicans are looking at California because we have. Uh, so many uh, toss-up races. They won four, remember, last time in the last red wave, and they're hoping to best that record this time around. Luckily for Nancy Pelosi and Kevin McCarthy, neither side has any dragons, so <laughs> they should survive whichever way it goes for the Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon fans out there, um, which I am one. Um, you know, you talked about, uh, Mike, you don't think it's going to be a red wave or a blue wave. I mean, I was looking, and historically, I think the numbers are in a midterm, the out party tends to win 21 House seats and three Senate seats. And for all the buzz earlier in the year and all the noise about Dobbs and everything else, are we sort of reverting to the mean here? I mean, might this end up just being a typical midterm election after all? Yeah, I mean, the, one of the hidden secrets about politics is a lot of this stuff is actually very predictable. It's very exciting, but when you look at it through a historical lens, um, I think that that range is probably very accurate. I think that you will probably see a Republican House majority somewhere around the 20s range, between the low to high 20s. And I think you'll probably see um, a Senate that either looks very similar to the way it does now or a one or two vote majority in either direction. Mm -hmm. Historically, that's actually um, a pretty modest change. Uh, if, 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 yeah, if, if you look again historically, like you were pointing out, um, we're not talking about these massive changes that we have seen in years like 1994 or 2010 or 2018 um, it, because of redistricting, because this was not, you know, the, the gerrymandering that happened um, did not overwhelmingly benefit the Republicans like a lot of people thought that it would. 
And because we are just so hyper-partisanized as a country, mm-hmm. there's just not a whole lot of room for movement anymore. These changes are really happening on the margins, at least in this election cycle. And I think that that's probably an accurate way to look and at I'm, it. And I'm just wondering, as Mike said, the hyper-partisanship. As we know, the polls are showing that this is a country divided, that uh, 81% of Democrats think that a Republican agenda is going to destroy the country, and 81% of Republicans, likewise. We've never seen an election take place under this kind of toxic atmosphere. Does that mean people are going to sit it out? What, what, you know, what is going to happen on that? I don't, I don't know if we know the effects of that, do we? I, well, I, th- I think we've entered a period of very high turnout for an extended period of time because of that. Mm-hmm. There's a big, there's, you know, there's a lot of um, data to suggest that you know when when things are really bad, turnout actually goes goes up. Like the stakes are much higher, mm-hmm. and I think that the sentiment there. I mean, those numbers are they're kind of eye popping, Carla. When you're saying 81 percent of people think basically it will be the end of the republic exactly. if the party takes over. Um, that's a motivator to show up. Some of the early balloting that we're seeing is mirroring the 2018-2020 election cycles. 2018, remember, the last midterms was a historic high in U.S. midterm elections. 2020 was the highest turnout in the history of the country. I would expect that we're probably going to be close to 2018 numbers if we don't hit it. And I think that's probably something we're going to be living with as we really go through this demographic transition uh, over the next 10, 15, 20 years. We are in a period of really acerbic, acidic politics. There's these pockets of violence that sometimes pop out. The stakes are extraordinarily high. And that manifests itself often in in higher turnout numbers. Thank you all so much for being with us on this special edition of the State of California from the top of the market, the Mark Hopkins Hotel in San Francisco. Mindy Romero from the USC Price School Center for Inclusive Democracy. Thank you. Mike Madrid, longtime Republican political strategist, and Carla Marinucci of Politico and The Chronicle. Thank you all for being here. It was terrific. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 